This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined, as always, with Jim Sebastio. We're going to jump right into topic in just a moment here. Uh, if we can help you in any way, please go to practicalshepherding.com. You can actually go to the contact page there, and my staff will receive that, and we will try to help in any way that we can. Whatever requests you have, even podcast suggestions you'd like to make, uh, feel free to go there and, and uh, let us serve you in whatever way we can. Uh, you can also give a financial gift to the ministry. That Most of what we offer is for free because most of the pastors we serve cannot afford to to pay for a lot of stuff there. And so we try to serve them as much as we can for free, and we raise money outside of that to be able to do that. So if you'd like to help, you can go to the donate page there. Uh, you can also go to the sponsor pastor page and, and see a way that you can specifically sponsor a pastor with the, with our ministry. But we would be helped by anything you can do, so thank you for considering doing that. And thank you for those who have supported the ministry financially in the past. Uh, we do want to jump right into the topic. This is another topic we actually received a request in social media, <clears throat> which, Jim, is typically now how we set our topics, isn't it? The, mm-hmm. the people who <clears throat> write us and want us to talk about a certain topic. This one we were kind of surprised we hadn't talked about, but we haven't. And this is an important topic because it's listed as one of the qualifications to mm-hmm. even be a pastor, and that is hospitality. What is hospitality? What does it mean for a pastor to be hospitable? And why is it a, a part of the qualifications even hmm. to be a pastor? So that's what we want to talk about today. So Jim, will you take a minute and set this up, whether you want to go there or somewhere else from a biblical perspective? Yeah, sure, Brian. I mean, there is a general duty to hospitality that's given in the scriptures. You see it practiced in the Old Testament, uh, Abraham and uh uh, a lot. <laughs> some of these have some really uh, interesting uh, situations as a result of them. You see it even in the book of Judges in a situation that turns out horrible, of course. But I bring out the point that it was something that was common, and then you have uh, you have direct references to it. A very fascinating passage in First Peter where uh, Peter tells us that the end of all things is at hand. Uh, and he gives four exhortations. One is to prayer, one is to fervent love, one is to faithful service, but one of them is to hospitality, mm-hmm. and he qualifies it with the words without grumbling, which is just a, a fascinating pastoral insight as to some of the difficulties often associated with hospitality. Yeah, right. But then, Brian, as you mentioned, uh, both in First Timothy 3 and in Titus 1, it's in both lists of the qualifications where a pastor in in Titus, it seems to be given in opposition to greed, not greedy, but given to hospitality. Yeah, right. And that brings out an interesting factor. One of the things that would stop somebody from showing hospitality is that it does involve a degree of generosity. It does involve a degree of cost. Uh, to give to others, you will have less for yourself. And so uh, it's going to touch upon uh, some of that. There is a costliness, and we can talk about that associated uh, with hospitality. But I think that what you find, Brian, and in, in I just want to bring this out quickly, and the, uh, the word itself, as, as I'm sure most everybody who's listening to this is going to know, is the most literal breakdown of the Greek term is a love of strangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what you see practice. You know, in the Old Covenant situation, you see it to some degree in certain New Testament passages as well. Uh, but when Peter gives this exhortation, he is focusing upon the body or upon believers, show mm-hmm. hospitality to one another. Mm-hmm. And that is take care of one another and use hospitality not just as a means of protecting somebody, not just as a means of providing necessities for a traveler. And that would have been its 
its cultural context. Somebody's making their way through a city. It's dangerous at night. There are burglars and, and brigands and whatnot around. And so that you need a safe place to put your head and have a little bit of food and some straw for somebody's donkeys. And somebody would look out and find somebody. Do you have a place to stay? And they'd, they'd take them in. That was love of strangers. Mm. But what Peter envisions is that those basic qualities of having somebody in and providing some necessities for them is not due to somebody's need or poverty, but that it is a vehicle by which you get to know somebody, tether to them, bind yourself to them by having them in your home. Yeah, and just in expression, just the way you describe that, especially in the, in the you know, in history, that the impact that could have, like the the impact Christians had because they yeah. were hospitable in a way that others were not to right. take in a stranger. Right. There was a selflessness. <clears throat> I also described this too, just with ordination sermons and things through the years. You know, most of us will will be bent to be hospitable to people we know, people we love. Uh, when family come into town, they often will stay with you know you, kind of those kind of things. But it's a whole nother it's a whole nother level of hospitality, isn't it? To to be hospitable to strangers to. To yeah. so invite somebody into your home for lunch after church who came to your church for the first time and you've right. never met them before. like that, I think just some of the modern-day practical applications of that uh, also speak to the pastor needing to lead, really, in all areas of ministry to a degree as an mm. example, so yeah. First Peter 5 yep, yep, says. Yep. So that would make sense also that if this is what the Christian community is supposed to look like, right. That a pastor exist. is the one that that start begins to model that as the example to for the for everybody else in the church. Yeah, so I mean, it, it is a general. So we said you know, it's a general duty given to all Christians, uh, but it is a specific duty given to us as pastors. And I think, as you say, a part of that is is as uh, to show and to demonstrate an example of what this what this kind of open heartedness looks like yep. as a uh, as a Christian. So, what does it look like, Jim? For so, if the qualifications for a pastor. What what are some what are some examples that you think of on um, how a pastor and his wife and his family can be hospitable in the way that this is being described? Yeah, so I I think obviously so first of all it's on our radar. It's the kind of thing. It's like this is the kind of thing that we do. It's, so it's it shouldn't take us by uh, surprise. Uh, but there are I think there are planned and spontaneous aspects to this. Mm-hmm. So the planned aspect to this for me is that we. You you talk as a family, you talk with your wife especially, because you don't want to burn your wife out, because some of the burden of this is probably going to fall on her, and it's also going to fall on the kids, because it's going to impact them having you know people in the home, and if they're always in the home, and, and if they stay overnight, and kid has to give up a room, or you know whatever the case right, may be, right, so sure. family's going to be involved. So planned is that maybe you say, you know, two, two Sundays a month, uh, we are going to plan to have people over. Uh, we're going to get to know them uh, better, and that's so uh, the plan thing is. And in, in where you might have, even with the planned, you might have a purposeful and a spontaneous aspect to it. So the purposeful is okay. There's somebody in the church that we have that they, they we haven't had them over for two years or, or longer, whatever the case might be. It just it just hadn't happened, and so we need to. Who are we going to have? We're going to have somebody over. So this is a plan. Uh, first Sunday of the month, we're going to have somebody over. Second or th- uh, third Sunday of the month, we're going to have somebody over at night. Maybe one in the afternoon, one at night, whatever it is. Friday nights, it doesn't have to be on the Lord's Day. But let's say that your plan is first Sunday of the month, we're going to have somebody over. So the plan is let's have somebody we haven't had in, in, you know, for some time. But then also the spontaneous is 
somebody's visiting. Uh, and so you say to them, do you have a, you know, hey, great to meet you. Uh, um, we're having some people over today. We'd love to have you. We, you know, we, whatever the case might be, if, you, if you're able to. Again, sometimes, like in my case, you get, because uh, among Reformed Baptists tend to have a lot of kids. Somebody shows up and they've got eight kids and, and you know, you're, you're in an apartment and it's like, uh, I really want to make sure they get taken care of. Let's go to the parking lot. Let's go to the right. You might have to, you, <laughs> you might do something like yeah. that or you say, hey, tell you what, we're, we're going to run home. We're going to bring our stuff here to the church building and use the fellowship yeah, hall. Sure. You know, whatever the case. That's, so those are the spontaneous aspects of it. So part of its plan, we want to have people over today. Uh, who we have over, part of that might be planned, part of that might be spontaneous. So that's that's, yeah, that's just good. some general. And a thought I had as you were you were sharing that, Jim, is that we often say around here that there's no qualification for a pastor's wife in, in the New Testament like there mm-hmm. is for the pastor. We say that so that um, pastor's wives realize, like, I mean, they're that the church is not should not see themselves as getting two for the price of one right. when they're hiring a pastor. However, this is the topic, I believe, though, even though there's not a direct uh, job, you know, or qualification or even job description for a pastor's wife. This is the one thing in, that probably points to uh, how the wife is impacted by the pastor's calling and the family is. So <clears throat> though there's not one for, a, for the wife and the kids, as you said, hospitality affects, I would say affects the wife probably more than the, the, yeah, it, the, the yeah. pastor the, yeah. and the kids even. So... It, there's got to be an understanding to, of the family that this is this is part of this is part of the calling. It's part of what and, we do, and it's going to impact them. And yeah, so it, it, they've got to be able to be on board to some degree with that. But there's differing degrees to this, Jim. How how much should a pastor? You said twice a month. Okay, that, that's, I'm that's just, one. I'm just throwing that out. Do you yeah. think there's a? I mean, is there a certain amount of hospitality? Is there is there a gauge on how much? What, how much is being faithful to this and how much yeah, is not? Well, it's, it's often <clears throat> enough <laughs> that when you think through, the congregation thinks through and, and, and says, are they hospitable? And so it, it is enough that that becomes a mark of your personality or mark of your practice, that people know you have an open home and an open heart and a generous spirit. Um, again, because there is a cost involved with this, and 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 that cost is generally we could talk about this. Uh, I think it's important to talk about this. It's going to it's going to be around food. Um, the, it's it's hard to show hospitality without some food being involved. You know, it's not just saying, "Hey, you want to come over and sit on my couch." Well, somebody's tummy's rumbling a little bit, and you know they're going to want a little. They're you know, going to probably have a, a little something that they're going to need, a little savory or a little sweet or something like that. Uh, but again, Brian, it needs to be enough. It needs to be often enough. That's the kind of thing that marks you. Uh, it, it's an observable part of your life, mm. and if the congregation's talking. And they're considering it. So again, you're considering somebody for the eldership, going through the list of qualifications. Uh, oh, the guy's got two wives, three wives. That's a problem, right? No, that would be a problem. Their, their house is not managed well. That's a problem. They're always talking about money. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. They're drunk. That's a problem. They're, they're obviously a glutton. That's a problem. They never open their home. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. 
it's a problem. Like to say, have you ever been? I have no idea. No, I've never been. Do you know anybody that's ever been? Whenever a call goes out for hospitality, as occasionally happens, somebody contacts us sometimes, uh, me or one of the deacons, and says, hey, our family's traveling through. We got four kids. Uh, we plan to, we're going to be there Saturday night, want to worship with you on Sunday. We're going to leave Sunday afternoon or Monday morning. I might send it out to the congregation and say, you know, can anybody do this? Now, what ought to be is that every once in a while they recognize, oh, Jim and Becky are going to, they're the ones that are going to do that. They're the ones that are going to open their home and and show how, but when I send that out, I know certain people are never going to say us. Sometimes they're incapable of doing that. They yeah. just don't. They don't have the room to be able to That's do right. that. So That's I know right. that, but but it does put. There are certain people I know that if I put that out, I'm going to hear from most likely three or four families in our congregation who are most able have a big enough house or you know whatever to to be able to house people like that. Now I'm going to say, you don't necessarily need to have a big house to do that. I mean, I can remember once, uh, I'm trying to remember how many people we had over, but it was somewhere around we slept 20 people at our house <laughs> over one weekend once. Yeah. And it just was the kind of thing where one family was going to be over, they were with us, and then another family was passing through town, and then there was a an ice storm or something, and so uh, people were traveling Sleep and needed over a place. Sleepover at house. And so, yeah, I mean, we it, it was couches and floors and, sure, sure. you know, that kind of a thing. But, but you know, everybody survived, which and everybody we, got fed, and, you know, we, we, we handled it. Which, by the way, I think happens around the world, outside of America, a whole lot more than we oh, might realize. Oh, right, right, like, right, right, right. Oh, yeah, we got a spot on the floor for you. Come on, you know. Yeah. But, but in America, yeah. it's like, no, man, I need my I, own I, bed. I need, I need, right? I need a certain kind of mattress, so, and if I don't have that, and so I want to. We, what we, we have talked about up to this point, you know, having whole families over, feeding them, letting them stay with us. Yeah. Are there versions of this hospitality that that point to faithfulness that are maybe just not as involved? So I would say I would say that part of this is not just. Will you have people, just the whole family over to have a meal, all yeah. those kind of things? You know, I think a pastor just having an open home matters. So the the single guy who wants to come sit on the porch and talk yeah. at his home, I think that falls into this category I as do well. too, right. So right. It's, it's not just about, I just, I want to put that out there as another part yeah. of this category. And here's why. I'm sensitive to, and we can get into this in a minute, but I mean, I, I burnt my wife out over a decade of, uh, and my family over the right. amount of people that came to our house over about right. a ten year period, so I can talk about that in a minute. But, but I what I became sensitive to is how can I be hospitable when my wife is just not at a place where we can have the guy with six kids coming through town over right. on twenty four hour notice. She just doesn't have that in her for that particular. So, right. what do I do? So, is there a way to show hospitality that's that that? I'm willing to enable to, but maybe my wife or maybe my children are at a place where this isn't a good time to be able to do that. And so I have found that, <clears throat> so one example uh, I would say uh, in my own ministry, there was a guy, there was a young single guy in our church. Uh, <clears throat> I invested in him, poured into him a lot. He's a pastor now. And but when he was single, <clears throat> he worked at UPS and he worked the night shift. So on the routine, this happened for years, we had Wednesday night Bible study. And he would come, and he lived on the other side of town, and UPS was five minutes from the church. So the routine for several years was after Wednesday night Bible study. He came over to the house. My yeah. wife loved this, and it was great. <clears throat> he came, and, and we literally fed him like ham sandwiches yeah. and filled up a bunch of coffee. 
And we hung out for probably two hours after Bible study, hanging out, talking, all kinds of just amazing conversations happened over the years through that. <clears throat> we load him up with coffee, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and then we and then he left our house and had a five minute drive to work for that night. Yeah. And I would say, and my wife knew she she blessed this, she knew it. But ninety five percent of the time, it was he was he and I sitting in the kitchen talking. So right. didn't she's require, do, right. the kids are going to bed. She, my wife's doing what she needs to do and right. all those kind of things. But I'm sitting and hanging out with him. <clears throat> that but that was a really important aspect of hospitality, I believe, that we were able to show, but didn't involve, you know, the whole gamut of make this big meal. The kids are all involved. Yeah. All these people are coming over. So I do want to put that category out there is that also matters, I think, when you're talking about hospitality. Yeah, and I think, Brian, one of the things that's important in this is that we have to be – that it doesn't necessarily require – well, I'm not, I shouldn't give the qualification necessarily. It does not require any degree of extravagance. Mm-hmm. And that there are – so for us, you know, one of the ways that we have done this and practiced this, Sunday night, generally speaking, for I don't know – I can't remember how and when this got started – it's frozen. I, I know pizza. what you're going to say. Yeah, but it's frozen pizza and popcorn. <clears throat> yeah. So my daughter, or my wife makes the popcorn. <laughs> I generally do the uh, the frozen pizza. Though the last few weeks, my uh, oldest daughter, who still lives with us, um, uh, has uh, worked out the the pizza because uh, I'm uh, I get delayed, and so she you know, yeah. we drive separately she sometimes. Back, so yep. she she's home. So you know the pizza's already in. Uh, but you know so. Uh, pizza, you can cut it up into eight slices uh, at a frozen pizza. I generally get the one that's under $4. Uh-huh. So Saturday, I usually go by uh, Walmart on the way home, and I pick up three frozen pizzas. And so uh, you have that. You got some popcorn, and maybe there's some cookies or something like that. You, you, know, you can pick up. So I mean, if you did that, so say you got four, or three, uh, three pizzas and uh, – uh, a bag of uh, Oreo cookies. You're looking at about fifteen bucks tops, <laughs> and you could have five people over, six <clears throat> people over, and everybody's fed for what winds up being about eighty cents a person or something like that. <laughs> you know, so that you're able to to do something. It, it, you know, or you know, the mastering of certain foods, soups, or whatever. Uh, a lasagna doesn't necessarily cost all that much money. Mm-hmm. Um, good. Uh, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you say, you know, I'm going to find a way to, to feed uh, as many people as possible. We, for years, Brian, first few years of our congregational life, there was a lady because the church met in somebody's home. And, and that was that same home every week, you know, for a couple of years. And that dear lady, I say she did as much to plant this church as anybody. Yeah. yeah. And the, 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 the bonds of fellowship that were forged around that table, mm-hmm. which consisted of, and this was generally it, it, it was uh, paper plates, two loaves of bread, a huge jar of peanut butter, one of these like you know canisters <laughs> that are like a fifty-gallon drum of peanut butter. Yeah, that's good. A huge thing of jelly, Doritos, uh, and then maybe some deli meat and some mayonnaise and mustard out on you know. But that was it, it you know. And uh, and you made it yourself. Everybody went through, and it was just on the, you know. It was it was and the, and on one sense as as plain and ordinary as can be but it was easy and everybody had enough uh, had enough to eat and, and and they sat around in a relatively small home it had a basement and a beverage bar down in the and that was the pulpit the first time I preached at uh, at what became our church 
which is legendary in our little church history, you know, mm. the beverage bar pulpit. And uh, but yeah. it was it was peanut butter and jelly and some some you know rel, you know deli meat. And I don't know if any other people ever contributed, ever said, hey, here's ten bucks or you know whatever it was to say, hey, next week it's on me or you know we're going to bring something or it was a simple casserole kind of a thing. Never anything. It wasn't the day to show off. It wasn't Julia Childs. It yeah. wasn't the fine china. It was paper plates, uh, and 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 people sat around. In that case, you know, in those early days for hours uh, of fellowship that forged the what became uh, the core of our our church. So it's a great story. And by the way, those listening. <clears throat> Pizza and popcorn on Sunday night at the Sebastios is as good as that sounds. By the way, it's yeah, it's you've, you've been there so, for it. So. I have been there. So, um, and you kind of got into something else we wanted to touch on briefly, Jim, and that's like how how does a how does a pastor and his family afford to do this kind of hospitality? And so you've already gotten into that, but <clears throat> that is something we do want to recognize: is that find creative ways to do this. You what what we're not saying you have to do. And by the way no indication in scripture that this is the case that you have to bring out the fine china every time exactly. you, you do hospitality so i think you've just made that point in excellently with with just simple and easy and even even unapologetically like cheap i mean just you know yeah. like this is we're not you know <clears throat> we're not trying to impress you uh we, but we do want to be able to to partake and have food at the table <clears throat> some may be hearing this especially people like who grew up in the south who are supposed to like have everything it, it you know the the nicest you break out the nicest things you cook the best meals right and and i think it's important to to hear for those of you that's uncomfortable i think one of the practical ways to deal with this is and, and i've heard jim do this by the way um you when you're inviting somebody over you just kind of set the expectation before as you invite them hey we're having peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and doritos tonight right you're welcome to come over and hang out with us, but just so you know, that's what we're doing tonight. And so, but, but you know, the pizza and popcorn thing that you guys do, I, I you know, I, which I love, but I mean, give me a, three, yeah. give me a $3 frozen pizza. I'm, I'm in, you know? Yeah, but, exactly. So but, it is, if, you have, if guys who want to know, of course, it's Jack's and I know and everybody likes Jack's. We yeah. can do Red Baron for a little over yeah, four yeah, bucks. Yeah, no, you know. There's some good frozen pizzas out there. So, so, um, so we kind of hit on we hit on money a little bit. Let's last thing, Jim. Let's talk about what do you do when you sense and feel the limitations of your ability to be hospitable. You got, you know, you got a little children at home. Right, you're, you're all both exhausted all the time. I want to right, right, right. I want to put right. that out there. Uh, the limitations. So, like I said, I, I mean, I would say the first ten years of our ministry, we had Bible study in our home every week. Yeah, we had. Easily, every a couple, at least two Sundays a month, there was somebody coming to the house for lunch after church. That was the normal routine, and <clears throat> wonderful memories with that. Like my kids loved it. Yeah, uh, just some wonderful memories. Like my 19 year old daughter Isabel can still remember when we had a good friend. This guy was still a good friend of mine. We had a Scottish pastor in our home. And he taught her how to count in Scottish to ten, and she still remembers how to do that. Like, like there's just so many wonderful memories having people in your home, yeah. you know, like like that. Yeah. But you know what, Jim? There, there's a cost. Yes. And I watched it happen, and I just want to acknowledge that that I, I watched it. The, it where my wife, and in particular, yeah. I'm an extrovert. I can go all day, but sh- she had limitations in how in how much people could come in. And it's obviously more on her than it is me. And I, I watched that, and I need to acknowledge. I, I was not sensitive 
as I should have been to, to see the toll it was taking on her and my children. So though there's wonderful memories and, and God worked, I mean, it's one of the ways God built our church, no doubt. Yep. Um, there's a cost, and I want to put that out there. How, how do we counsel, last thing on this, how do we counsel pastors and their wives to think through embracing the limitations they have, that it's okay, yeah. and, and how do you have that conversation as a couple? Yeah, so yeah, obviously again, so you have your tension between there is duty here uh, and responsibility, but there are also limitations in the in the working out of it. Well, Brian, I think you you've already said it, and that is you have to have the conversation. Uh, hopefully, again, as you're the the you're not just called to be hospitable; you're called to be a certain kind of husband. And, and part of being an exemplary husband is that you do listen, you listen rightly to your wife, sure. and that you 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 see and observe her, you dwell with her in an understanding way, and. And so I think sometimes you're going to have to ask yourself, is it, again, the thing itself or is it how we're doing it? And if, you know, the thing itself obviously is somewhat costly because Paul or Peter says, do it without grumbling. There's a reason why he says that because <laughs> for a variety of reasons, people are like, all oh, right, I'll do it, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And it's like, no, you don't do it that way. You do it cheerfully. You know, God loves a cheerful giver and all, all of that. Well, you put that kind of, wait sometimes on your wife I'll stop complaining honey you got to be you know we have to be generous with this so you ask yourself again are we just doing it badly am I biting off too much should we have smaller chunks should it be you know brought out but I think this it's a thing that cannot be avoided you know you, you're going to have to say look this is we have to find a way to make this part of our lives part of our Christian lives be, because we're Christians and not just Christians but I'm also you know a pastor uh, and, and so have the conversation about how, is, is it that we're doing it on Sunday? Maybe it's far better to do it on a Friday night yeah, or better to do it night. on, That's right. uh, uh, you know, because getting everything ready, getting the kids all ready, it's a different, there's a different, uh, flow to a Sunday than there is to a Saturday or you know, whatever. And so you might say, you know what, we're, this is part of our, our problem. We are pouring so much in. For others, Sunday really is the best day to do it, but maybe it's going to be in the evening. If you have an evening service after the evening service and after the morning service, yeah, uh, right. uh, the kids are cranky. They just need to be fed and, and need, need naps and all of that. Some of this is going to change as you get older. You know, one of the things, uh, you know, we had recently done some renovations at our house. Those renovations, tearing down some walls and expanding, was specifically for the purpose of hospitality. It was so that we could have more people over and, and have the flow of the house easier. But not able to do a ton even while you're doing the construction. of, of Yeah, so far right? so, I was on sabbatical for some of it, so I worked out really yeah, you well. Were but, but, that's right. but, you know, you but you know, so it's part of the plan of life. And, we, and Becky and I have had these conversations. Well, now that... The kids are basically gone. David's getting married here in a few weeks, yep. and and again, I do have an, uh, a, you know one of my daughters is at is is at home, and we've wrestled with because I'm she's kind of worn out, you know, and it's like, well, how much do we cater to that and say, well, you know, babe, you know, it's our house, and you know, <laughs> we we want to do this and we need to do this, and I know it's awkward if you need to go down and just you know be a little here for a little bit and go down. But, you know, we need to do this. So, again, there's going to be flexibility. Things are going to change. I don't think there's anything that's ever mm-hmm. locked in for life 
with this. But again, have the conversation, dwell with your wife in an understanding way. Maybe you need to participate more. Maybe you need to get things, you know, that are readier and easier. Again, so that's, as I said, Sunday night, usually I've been the pizza maker for 20 some years. Um, so maybe you need to be the guy who does that. You need to be the guy, you know, who, who, who gets the wings in the oven or, you know, whatever it is that you do. Or yeah. uh, So it's not her. That's, that's more on you. Uh, so that would be my counsel. Yeah, that's good. My final word on this is you said listen to your, you know, with your wife in an understanding way. That's certainly, I mean, First Peter 3. But <clears throat> I think you have to be willing to compromise. And I think you even have to be willing to, uh, say no to certain situations if if your fam- if it's going to be better for your family. So you got to find the balance of that. And I just say that because I there are times I, did, I just didn't do a good job of that. I and part of that <clears throat> was a pressure I felt from the congregation yeah. that people wanted to come over, right? And I felt the pressure to have them over. Sure. And I and I pushed us to do it too much. And so I like let's put this: we did a lot more than than First Timothy three demands that I do. And well, so again, I, we are being examples, and part of that is to say, look, we're, gonna t- we're trying to train the congregation to do this themselves. That's right. So that they, you know, we want to make sure people are being taken care of. It doesn't mean we have to be the one that takes care That's of That's right, which is why so you've got to involve others. But you know as well as I, people want to come to the pastor's house. So, sure. So I just, I just want to put out there, not only have the conversation, but like, like listen to your wife when, and really try to see, is, is she at a place where, she, though I want to do this, she can't pull this off with me. That's okay. You, you've got to be willing to know when, you know what, I, I think we need to still do this. Or, okay, you know what, yeah. And with a, without grumbling, not do hospitality, yeah, actually. There so go, right. so there, there's actual, there's two sides to that. And I, I agree. We've we got to find the balance. So, Jim, will you pray for just pastors to, to find that balance? Yeah. Father, thank you for the generous heart that you have, and thank you, Lord, that it is part of the mark of your people to want to share and to give because you are giving God. And Father, we do pray that you would aid uh, all the pastors in thinking through what this looks like for themselves and for their home. Uh, Lord, we desire the flourishing of your people. We desire that our homes would be uh, homes that are open and joyful, uh, a place of refuge for weary people, a place where they're not just fed but where their souls are refreshed. Uh, but Lord, help us to do that in a way that keeps our, our families and our, our, our particularly for, uh, for men, Lord, our wives and, and children intact. Uh, give us help and give us wisdom as we hold these things in tension, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.